Welcome to another edition of Project 45 Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Michael. And on today's episode, we have a very special episode that's dedicated to our previously lost uh, dog, Ruby Lee, a special part of our family. So this show is definitely in her honor. Uh, Some of you may have heard the little click and clatter of feet in the background while we do some of these podcasts, and that would be our dear beloved Ruby Lee. Uh, she passed away on August the 5th. Um, she was a quite the character. Oh yeah, she was. Quite the character, a lot of stories, a dog that uh, just got a lot of people's attention and just melted a lot of people's hearts and definitely our hearts. So this show goes out to her. Uh, but the topics of importance are uh, the Epstein uh, suicide and quotes or homicide yeah or homicide or not or not a death at all not a, not a death at all so we'll we'll go over those theories um, and we're also going to go over we're going to try to touch a little bit on uh, the unhinged left and more particularly Antifa and the recent rally that was held in, in Portland out there uh, so Michael we we started out the last couple of weeks, um, Jeffrey Epstein involved in uh, probably one of the, the country's most uh, infamous, uh, historical, big, uh, I mean a lot of words can describe this, sexual... Uh, a sex trafficking ring. A sex I mean, trafficking that's really ring. All, that's what it is, yeah. Yeah, a sex trafficking ring involving some high profile individuals, uh, political, uh, private, um, Silicon Valley, you name it, uh, there's implications uh, or the, the allegedness of implications of some uh, big high profile players in this thing. So Epstein gets arrested on these charges. Uh, he's placed in uh, a prison or a jail facility or corrections facility. MCC, um, I think yeah, called. MCC up in New York. Uh, then there was reports that you know he had attempted suicide right. unsuccessfully. I guess uh-huh. he was transported to a hospital, evaluated, returned back to the same facility. Supposedly he was on suicide watch. Then he's not on suicide watch. So kind of, if you can recall, take us through some of the events the, about the Epstein situation. Well, uh, I, he was placed on suicide watch after his first attempt at suicide. And then I feel like it was, I think if I'm remembering correctly, it was like a week before or late July when he was taken off of suicide watch. It was two to three weeks after he was placed on suicide watch. Um, uh, He was taken off of suicide watch. And then a week or so later after he was taken off suicide watch, he supposedly committed suicide, which is absurd, and a latest article that I, I saw from um, the Daily Wire said that the medical examiner for the Southern District of New York or, or whatever uh, deemed it a suicide, even though there was really no place in the uh, his cell that he could have hung himself from um, and uh, considering that he hadn't been checked on for three hours 
some other some other prisoners reported hearing screams from his cell. Um, the prison or the jail where he's being held has not seen a successful suicide in 40 years. That's four zero. That's four, one, two, three, four decades. He's the first successful suicide in 40 years. So in 40 years, there's not been a successful suicide in this facility until one of the most high profile. High profile. So, so let's get, let's, let's, let's kind of analyze that a little bit. I have a background uh, in law enforcement. Mm -hmm. uh, I've worked inside jail facilities. So let me just run you through what a typical suicide watch would be just for my facility. And I can't imagine this would deviate from facility to facility. I, you're going to get the basic gist of what goes on in, in a suicide watch. So if someone's placed on suicide watch, you got two options for clothing, first of all. Mm -hmm. uh, your clothing is going to be what we call a burrito or a turtle suit. Turtle uh, suit. Yeah, you know, those are the, probably the two most common uh, terms we'll used. describe a turtle suit. So, the burrito or the turtle suit is basically a a, a blanket type. It's a it's a very thick material. You can't tear it. You you know you can't you can't manipulate it by hand. You're you're not going to be able to tear it. Uh, it's basically a blanket suit that's going to go over. It's going to cover your like naked a, body. And, and it, it looks like a quilted. Yeah, it looks like a quilted uh, uh, hospital gown. Right. It looks like a hospital gown. It's quilted. It's it's pretty thick. You're not going to be able to tear it. You're not going to be able to manipulate it. Uh, it's basically going to serve as your clothing, and it's going to serve as uh, your blanket or your source of warmth inside the jail cell. Uh, option number two is a paper gown. Uh, it's very thin. It's very light. You can obviously tear it, but that's just that's just it. Well, it's like what you would have. Like, say you went to a doctor for an exam, and they have a paper gown. Right, I, I would. Put on. In my experience, even even a hospital paper gown. Right, and even a hospital paper gown, I would I would even consider that more high quality than what you're going to get at a jail. It's it's super thin, it's super light. You're going to tear it. You can take the thing off, strip down naked with the thing, and try it around your neck. And you try to hang it to something, it it it's just going to shred apart. It's, it's like crepe paper. It's yeah, it's like crepe paper. It's yeah. it's super thin. It's not going to allow you to hang yourself. So, those are the two options for your clothing other than your birthday suit. Uh, so, you got those two options for clothing. Uh, you're going to be in a jail, so obviously there's, uh, you know, most facilities don't have a special housing unit, so to speak. Uh, so, let's just, let's just theorize that there's no cameras in this cell, that this is a basic jail but cell. There were right, there were. But, you know, basic, let's just bring it down to a basic county jail level, city jail level. Oh, it's going to be in a in a booking type facility. It's going to be in a housing facility where officers are going to have routine checks. You're going to do a routine 15 minute or 30 minute check, depending on the state's regulations. So 15 to uh, 30 minute checks. You're going to run. You're going to walk through and do a visual check on that inmate. So at the very least, a 15 to 30 minute check on Epstein, the clothing, the turtle suit, the uh, paper gown. Those are your two options for clothing, those are your routine. Apparently, in this case, none of those took place. Epstein was well, allowed... Well, he was taken off the suit. Taken, so the conditions were completely... So the conditions were completely away. You've got guards that aren't even really guards that are taken... I mean, 
at, at what point does this add up to some kind well, of governmental Stephon, experience? That's what Stefan Mullenau said in one of his videos. He said that um, one of the guards that was on duty then the, the, at the time that he committed suicide was not even a legal guard. He wasn't. He wasn't a certified prison guard. So, or a jail guard. So you have a you have a, a person that's not even certified to do the job. Uh, that's what though that's the person that you entrusted to look over one of the most high profile criminals charged in America at this moment. And you put you put some uncertified person on there. Red flag number one: the suit, the clothing. Red flag number two: the lack of a check. The red flag number three: you put some Tom, Dick, and Harry. That has no uh, correctional or criminal justice background, no facility background, in charge of overlooking this person. You know, I'm I'm not going to be the brightest, smartest person in the world, but I'm going to tell you what: if I got the high, most high-profile person in my facility, and I'm over that facility, I'm not going to put some Joe Schmo mm -hmm. with zero experience over this person. So there's your red flags, America. There, there's your red flags, clear and day, and they're going to expect the American people to believe that this man committed a suicide. You heard screams in the, the hours and the minutes leading up to... Well, this is... We're, well, we're going on the theory if he was on suicide watch, which he was not. He had been taken off of suicide watch a couple of weeks prior to the alleged suicide. So he wasn't even on suicide watch. And the reports are that the guards, whether certified or uncertified, Hadn't checked on him for three hours. When they also falsified, they also falsified, falsified the reports. Yeah, falsified the checks and federal crime. Not, not only that, but the cameras malfunctioned. Hmm. The cameras that were watching the sale malfunctioned. Now there's no video footage. Now we can all believe in some form of coincidence, but I mean, how many planets and stars have to line up for? All of these factors that we just mentioned to be in place at the same time on the most high, highly profiled individual in custody uh, at this point in American history. All of these factors have lined up. Cameras malfunction, inept guards, uh, screams. Directly after, evidence had been uncovered of some high profile Democrat government elected officials being implicated in as being customers, for lack of a better word, of being customers of Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, exactly, and that's. I don't think. I don't think the general. Not to mention that the prosecutor that's in charge of this whole thing is Jeff is Comey's daughter. Oh. Inter a very interesting fact. That's an interesting coincidence right there. Lion, Lion Jim Comey. Yeah. It's got his daughter in place. This this all reeks of a deep state cover-up. Reeks. It reeks of it. And if they think the American people, the general American people, believe that this was just some kind of, oh, well, it's just some kind of, oh, you know, run-of-the-mill situation, come on. No. There are some high-ranking people that are going to be implicated in this, and they have been able to take out the source. If you take out the source, you take out the crime. I mean, there's a female party in this. In this, the, uh, the attorney general has vowed to keep on the investigation. But I mean, it, to what extent is it going to die away now that the, you know, the the, main the lead 
the lead uh, witness, so to speak, in this situation is now, you know, presumably committed suicide. And, and not only that, but he he report some report or reports say that he came out and he said that he was willing to talk. He was willing to turn right. and become a witness. And those reports were just days prior to him yeah. being killed. So because I mean, this his guy, attorneys tried to work out a deal for him, uh, for him to turn basically evidence. Right. So this guy was willing to testify, willing to talk, probably willing to get up some high-profile people in power, and those people in power figured out a way uh, to get rid of this guy. Because we all know that Jeff Epstein is not the top. No, it's not he's the a top. Pawn, he's a pawn. In the whole game, he might have been a he might have been a pimp, but he's not the ringleader. It's a high dollar pimp for some high dollar people, uh, not the top dog. And the top dogs got word that the, the yeah. heat was coming down, and you know they managed uh, to get these people. Some funny thing that I heard somebody say, I can't remember who I heard say it, but they said that they were talking about the video and the. The video stopped working, or the camera stopped working, or whatever. But they said that they had um, video. Mexico had video evidence of El Chapo escaping from prison. But we don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any film footage of I mean, Jeff Epstein committing suicide. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, for the sake of devil, devil's advocate in this whole situation, this conversation, says, okay, all these things are coincidences up to the point where, oh my gosh, the freaking camera didn't even work. Oh yeah, it's absurd. I mean, you, yeah. you have this. I mean, literally, the stars, the planets, the moon. Oh yeah. The gods have all aligned for this yeah. to be a perfect suicide, and he uses that lightly. Quote suicide. I'm convinced he was murdered. I well. Two things. Yeah, two things. I will. Two things, I will yeah. be this person. I will say murdered. Michael, you're gonna say. I'm gonna say that he's not dead at all. That the high-profile people that have protected him for, um, I think he was arrested in Florida in 2007 or 2005, right. somewhere around somewhere there. around two, between 2005 2008. Um, he was arrested in Florida with the same charges, basically, that he was arrested on in. New York recently uh, he was arrested on those same charges tried um, cut a deal spent 13 months in jail uh, where he really didn't have to spend time in jail at all and also there was a seal on the court records and uh, something about he couldn't be uh, tried for the same or he couldn't be brought on the same charges there's a, a real sweetheart deal by sadly um, perpetrated by one of the Trump administration officials, um, which, Acosta. Acosta, which you know that was a whole scandal in in and of itself, a side scandal. Um, but uh, uh, he was he was brought on these same charges. So the same high profile people, the same powerful people that protected him in that incident are not only protecting him but are protecting themselves in this fake death because honestly i mean if jeff epstein was um quote unquote suicided but not really killed at all not really really dead at all 
but rather was smuggled out of jail and allowed to live on his private island or in Europe or in Israel or some other uh, posh location um, for the rest of his life and then all of this goes away. Well, There's I've... no defendant. When there's no defendant there, how can you prosecute when there's no defendant? And there has of yet been no conspir conspirators named. There's been no other co-defendants named. There's no other but there's no corpus there's no, there's no corpus delecti in the criminal justice cell, which is the body of the crime. There's no body. Yeah. There's no body of the crime. Sure. He is the body of the crime. He is the core of this prosecution. You rid of him, you rid of the evidence, so to speak, you rid of the, the, the controversial testimony. The object. Right. Yeah. And and one of those people that is one of the uh, main focuses of people's, you know, conspiracy theories or his clients or whatever is Bill Clinton. Yeah. I mean, there's there's flight manifestos, there's logs that show Clinton had private uh, uh, flights to the island. 26, I uh, think. Flights with Epstein. And I think you came across an article in Las Vegas CBS Local. I did, yeah. Mm -hmm. That kind of, I mean, I, just heads up, CBS uh, Las Vegas, uh, you may be suicided. <laughs> you're, no. You are now on Clinton's list. But, I mean, they came up with Clinton, the Clinton Deadpool well, this is this is one of the things about about these screwed up people and this whole matrix of a society that we live in is that they put out the truth. So they're at some point they're going to tell us the truth, but they tell us in a an obscure way, or they tell us in a such a a low-profile kind of one-time news story thing that it just kind of slips by you and nobody picks up on it because everybody is so asleep. You know, it's like it's it, it's like the whole uh, it's like the whole Russia cons the whole Russia collusion thing. Um, I know several months ago, the news all the news outlets. Mainstream news outlets, ABC, CBS, NBC, they all reported and and basically said that all Russian roads lead to the DNC, Hillary Clinton, and the Obama administration. And it was a one-time thing, and they never reported on it again. Right. So they come out and they tell us the truth, but they tell us in such a subtle, low-key way that most people don't pick up on it. Well, you have to be aware and awake. To realize. And that's the thing with the mainstream media. The mainstream media is going to sensationalize the things that they want you to believe. So if they want yeah. you to believe that Trump is this and that, a Nazi, a racist, a Russian conspirator, blah, 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 etc., etc., they're going to sensationalize those headlines because they're, those, those headlines are going to sell them ad space. Those headlines are going to mm -hmm. get them ratings. Those headlines are going to keep them going from day to day to day. And it's going to keep the narrative going. It's going to keep the narrative going. And then they're going to throw out the truth in the middle of that. But you're so headstrong on the the the, the pathway that they've laid out. Yeah. You know that there's a Russian conspiracy, that the Trump is a racist. Those things have been laid out for you to believe in because they have an ultimate goal. But then they're going to throw in the truth sprinkled in there. But you're going to be so distracted by the sensationalization of these other headlines that when I give you the truth, I mean I'm going to say, 
oh my god, there's an earthquake and California's going to drop off the edge of the earth. But I'm going to say that that's going to be sensationalized. There's going to be some emotion behind it. There's going to be some emphasis behind it. But the truth is, California isn't dropping off the face of the earth. Right. Like, scientists may say that California's not going to drop off the face of the earth. It's going to be low-key. It's not going to draw your brain to it. You're going to hear it in a passive way, like, eh, I heard that, but man, it didn't. It just didn't draw me to it. Yeah. But if I say, oh my God, California is about to, on the verge of dropping off the face of the earth. If we don't do this tomorrow by six o'clock, we all may die. Yeah. That triggers your brain. It triggers the dopamine. This fight or flight. Yeah, this flight or flight. I've got to survive. In your brain, that makes you focus in, and you, your brain remembers that. But when I subtly tell you that California is not going to fall off the face of the earth, everything's okay. That doesn't register in your brain. So, the Clinton hit list, uh, the title of this report is The List of Clinton Associates Who Allegedly Died Mysteriously. Check it out. Uh, Clinton Deadpool list. Number one on the list is James McDougal. Uh, Clinton's convicted the Whitewater partner. Uh, died of a apparent, apparent suicide, apparent heart, heart attack. attack, while in solitary confinement. He was a key witness to Ken Starr's investigation. Uh, number two on the Deadpool list is Mary Mahaney. Uh, she's a former White House uh, intern who was murdered July of 1997 at a Starbucks cafe or coffee shop in Georgetown. The murder happened just after she was to go public with her story of sexual harassment in the White House. Uh oh. So number Coincidence? three. No. Uh, number three. Go ahead. Vince Foster, former White House counselor, a colleague of Hillary Clinton at Little Rock's Rose Firm, died of a gunshot wound to the head, ruled a suicide. I've heard some people say that he was shot in the back. Of shot the, head. At, the reports say he was <laughs> shot in the back of the head. I'm gonna. I, I've never. For those of you who want to commit suicide, suicide. I'm gonna encourage you to commit suicide. But try to shoot yourself in the back of the head. Not yeah. happening. Suicidal. Yeah. Uh, number four. Ron Brown, Secretary of Commerce and former DNC chairman, reported to have died by impact in a plane crash. A pathologist closed the investigation. Reported that there was a hole in the top of Brown's skull resembling a gunshot wound. At the time of his death, Brown was being investigated and spoke publicly of his willingness to cut a deal with prosecutors. The rest of the people in the plane also died. A few days later, air traffic controller committed suicide. Uh, air traffic controller. The air traffic controller of Secretary of Commerce Ron Brown, serving the, under President Bill Clinton at the time, mysteriously also committed suicide. Probably shot himself in the, in back, the back of the, of the head from, from long range. Yeah. Number five is C. Victor Razor uh, the, the second. Uh, Razor is a major player in the Clinton fundraising organization. Died at a private plane crash in July of 1992. Uh, six is Paul Tully, a Democratic National Committee political director found dead in a hotel room in, coincidentally, Little Rock, Arkansas, <laughs> September of 1992, described by Bill Clinton as a dear friend and a trusted advisor. Ed Willey. Ed Willie, Clinton fundraiser, found dead November 1993, deep in the woods in Virginia, of a gunshot wound to the head, ruled a suicide. Ed Willie died the same day his wife, Kathleen Willie, we all know Kathleen Willie, claimed Bill Clinton groped her in the Oval Office 
in the White House, Ed Willie was involved in several Clinton fundraising events. Message received, Kathleen. Yeah, exactly. Message received, Kathleen. Number eight. Uh, number eight, Jerry Parks, head of Clinton's gubernatorial uh, security team in Little Rock, gunned down in his car at a deserted intersection outside Little Rock's Park Sun. Park's son said his father was building a dossier. Oh, have oh, we ever heard of dossiers? Never heard. Where's a dossier <laughs> come from? Anyway, go ahead. Was building a dossier on Clinton, he allegedly threatened to reveal this information. After he died, the files were mysteriously removed from his house. Mysteriously. I mean, by the FBI, the CIA. Email us, tweet us, text us, call us, <laughs> do, send up a flare, send up a balloon with a letter tied to it. If anybody in your entire life has had this many deaths around you, anybody. We're, all number eight. we're, we're only number eight. This The There's Clintons have eight people. I think, the Clinton has eight people so far. That have mysteriously died. I mean, uh, if you believe in consequences, you go out and buy a lottery ticket. Come on. Uh, number nine, you know, James. Before we go to number nine, you know who I don't think is on here? I, I think we need to go down further because we're still in the 90s. But who I don't think is on here is Antonin Scalia. Yeah, Antonin Scalia. We'll get to that. We'll James to Wilson, that number, yeah. I see no name, James Bunch, died from a gunshot. You see a pattern here? Gunshot, suicide? Yeah. Uh, died from how a, many people do you I have I, I don't think I'm 38 years old I have not had anybody I've had one person in my life that's directly connected to me die of a suicide gunshot wound to the head I have I have no one suicides person. no suicide attempts person. no friends I mean what kind of person are you if you're surrounded by this many people, whether you're famous or not famous or political or not political? You, I mean, we're nine people so far have killed yourself associated with you. So number nine, James Bunch, died from a gunshot suicide. It was reported that he had a black book of people, which contained names of influential people who visited prostitutes in Texas and Arkansas. Number 10 is James Wilson was found dead in May 1993 from an apparent hanging suicide. He was reported to have ties to the Whitewater investigation. Number 11 is Kathy Ferguson, ex-wife of Arkansas Trooper Danny Ferguson, uh, was found dead in May of 1994 in her living room from a gunshot to her head. Okay, women don't shoot themselves in the head. Women do not shoot themselves women in the head. Take women pills. take pills. They hang themselves. They're very more subtle. Gunshot wound to the head. It was ruled a suicide even though there were several packed suitcases as if she were going somewhere. Danny Ferguson was a co-defendant along with Bill Clinton in the Paula Jones lawsuit. Kathy Ferguson was a possible corroborating witness for Paula Jones. Number 12 was Bill Shelton, Arkansas State Trooper and, and fiancé of Kathy Ferguson. Critical of the suicide ruling of his fiancé, boom, he was found dead in 1994 <laughs> of a gunshot wound, also ruled as a suicide at the grave, uh, grave site of his fiancé, Kathy Ferguson, who killed herself of a gunshot wound, who was a witness to the Paula Jones situation. Women do not shoot themselves. God, people look at good gracious number twelve. I mean, for already. God's sakes, even even with Marilyn Monroe, they I think the, her some I mean, the fact that, I mean, I'm fearful at this point that I even lived through a Clinton presidency I that I might die. Uh, Thirteen and fourteen. Go ahead. Grand. Oh, I'm sorry. Gandy, Gandy Ball, attorney for Clinton's friend Dan Lassiter, died by jumping out of a window. Of a tall of a tall building, January 1994, his client was convicted 
was was a convicted drug distributor. Which, if you research the Clintons, they had a huge cocaine ring. Okay. Going in Arkansas. Clintons love the white snow. They do. And there have been reports that the Clinton administration was a giant a, coke a party. A giant coke party. Probably did coke. Go ahead. Who Go ahead. knows? Go ahead, Florence. Florence Martin, accountant and subcontractor for the CIA, was related to the Barry Seal, Mena, Arkansas. Oh, this is this is it right here. This is what I'm talking about. The Mena, Arkansas. Mena, Arkansas Airport drug smuggling case. This is where they smuggled the drugs into Arkansas. And how they, they, the CIA and the Clintons smuggled cocaine into Arkansas and distributed it in the States. And I guarantee you that Bill Clinton and his wife made millions of dollars off the cocaine business. Okay, this and is the best. And he died of what? This is the best part of his suicide, really. He died of three gunshot wounds. Three gunshot, three gunshot wounds. The so first time was not a charm. Third time, <laughs> by God, you're suicided. I mean, you know, if I'm going to commit suicide, I'm going to shoot myself. At least I'll tell three you what. Times. If I have the if I have the guts to suicide myself, I tell you, the first time is going to be the the time. <laughs> because who in the? I mean, who? I mean, who? if if I put my hand to a hot stove. Did I learn my lesson? The second time, am I going to do it again? By God, the third time, I'm going to hold my hand. No. Get the hell when out I of here. When I shoot myself, I'm going to shoot myself, shoot myself in the myself leg. The then I'm going to shoot myself in the shoulder. And, and then, then I'm going to shoot myself in the And head. then I'm going to be like, wait a minute. That I didn't, didn't do I it. I shot myself in the leg. <laughs> that didn't learn. Shot myself in the stomach. That didn't learn. Maybe I should shoot myself in the head. Maybe. Google suicide. They were connected the to the CIA. And I've heard, I've heard, I've heard the stories um, from, I went to a conference, uh, I know this, this is, sounds whack for a minister's conference, but I went to a uh, minister's conference in Cleveland, Tennessee, and there was a pastor there who, had, who was a native of Arkansas, and he talked about the Clinton administration when Clinton, Clinton was the governor of Arkansas, and he talked about Mena, Arkansas, and the Mena Airport, and how that, you know, kilos and kilos of cocaine with the help of the CIA were being smuggled in to Mena, Arkansas, via the Clintons. And uh, this is not, I mean, this is what the Iran-Contra affair was all about in the 1980s, is that the CIA was caught smuggling in drugs. It was, it was a trade of drugs for, uh, for guns. Drugs for guns. So, Clintons and drugs, Arkansas, suicides, man, check, 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 check on the boxes. Uh, and there's also, you know, reports out there that talk about, you know, the Clintons' ties to, also, somebody, uh, the Clintons' ties to Haiti, and one of the main fundraisers for Haiti was also killed, yeah. suicided, Whatever. I'm sure it's on the list. Uh, Suzanne Coleman, number 15 on the list, reportedly had an affair with Clinton uh, when he was the Arkansas Attorney General. Uh, she died of a gunshot wound to the back of the head. Ruled a uh, suicide. <laughs> <laughs> died of a gunshot... I'm going to read this word for word. Died of a gunshot wound to the back of the head. Ruled a suicide. Was pregnant at the time of her death. Women do not shoot themselves in the head. And definitely don't shoot yourself in the suicide in the back of the head. Try it, While folks. they're pregnant. Try it, folks. Go ahead. Take a, take a squirt gun and try to shoot yourself in the back of the head. Uh, Paula Grober, number 16. 
Clinton's speech interpreter for the deaf from 78 until her death in uh, December 9, 1992. She died in a one-car accident. Uh, 17 is Danny Casalaro, uh, an investigative reporter investigating the MENA Airport and Arkansas Development Finance Authority. Uh, he slit his wrist apparently in the middle of his investigation. Uh, Paul Woucher, uh, attorney investigating the corruption at the MENA Airport. We see a theme here of the MENA Airport that Michael was talking about uh, associated with the cocaine smuggling into Arkansas and the Clinton's involvement in that. Uh, uh, investigating the corruption of the MENA Airport with the Casalaro, Danny Casalaro, who just mentioned, and the 1980 October surprise uh, was found on a toilet June 22, 1993 in his Washington, D.C. apartment, had delivered a report to Janet Reno, the Attorney General, uh, three weeks before his death. Uh, John Parnell Walker, Whitewater investigator for Resolution Trust Corp, jumped to his death from his Arlington, Virginia apartment balcony August 15, 1993, uh, he was investigated for the Morgan Guaranty uh, scandal. You got Barbara Wise, you got Charles Messner, Dr. Stanley Hurd, all those people. Uh, Wise was a Commerce Secret uh, Department staffer, committed suicide in 96, assistant commerce. Uh, Messner uh, died shortly after a small, in a small plane crash. The chairman of the National Chiropractic Health was Dr. Stanley Hurd, a uh, longtime Clinton advisor. Uh, also dead in a plane crash. I mean, the I mean the list goes on and on here. Barry Seal, Johnny Lawhorn, Dan, all these people involved. Uh, let's see here: death by accident, hit by a car, hit a hit, hit a utility pole, uh, or purported suicide. Stanley Huggins was investigating the Magic Madison County Guarantee. Uh, his death was reportedly a suicide but the report was never released. I mean, this list goes on and on and on. Attorney and Clinton fundraiser go back up. Yeah, let's go with that one. Where was that? Yeah, Herschel Friday. Attorney and Clinton fundraiser died March 1, 1994, when his plane exploded. Plane you see a explode. pattern here? Plane crash, gunshot wounds. Plane, plane crash, crash, gunshot, gunshot wounds. wounds. They all died. And, I mean, these people, I mean, they don't deviate too far. And all these have to do with something with the MENA, Arkansas airport and the drug operation. I mean, what is going on in MENA, Arkansas? Maybe somebody can get somebody down there in MENA, Arkansas. Mena, Arkansas. And, uh, I mean, these people died in car accidents, airplane explosions slash crashes, and gunshot wounds to the back of the head that were ruled suicide. Well, let's get down to the... To the Clinton bodyguards that were found dead. Oh yeah, there's a list of bodyguards. Uh, there's eleven bodyguards that were Clinton bodyguards that were found dead. Major William S. Barkley, Captain Scott Reynolds, Sergeant Brian Hanley, Sergeant Tim Sable, Major General William Robertson, Colonel William Dinsberger, Colonel Robert Kelly, uh, Specialist Gary Rhodes, Steve Willis, Robert Williams, Conway LeBlue, and Todd McKinney. All uh, Clinton bodyguards found dead. And the question is, what did they know? And yeah, the most recent is Seth Rich, the DC staffer murdered and robbed. Quote robbed of nothing. Nothing was found robbed. Uh, DC, I think investigators ruled that a robbery on July tenth. And but he was allegedly tied to to the WikiLeaks. Julian Assange yeah. and the WikiLeaks because he found out. I think if I'm remembering correctly, he found out what had happened with DNC and Bernie Sanders because he was a Bernie 
supporter. And he uncovered the whole um, plot of the DNC against Bernie Sanders to rig the election. So, I mean, for uh, Hillary Clinton to win the primary. We're we're looking at we're looking at we're looking at something in history now. Let's see how many people are this? Forty six people. Oh, oops, let's go down. Forty six people. Yeah, forty seven people counting Seth Rich. Um, in this list, we didn't list everybody. Connected, but I mean, you go down this list. Go to you know lasvegas.cbslocal.com, and you'll find the list there. Uh, Forty, what do we say? Forty-seven people, counting Seth Rich. Yeah, died associated with the Clintons. Uh, I mean, that's unheard of. Unbelievable. Has anybody so out we've there got, please tweet us or let us know if you have had forty-seven people that are directly connected to you? So let's just. I mean, let's just look at that. You got forty-seven people throughout history connected to the Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton dynasty. Dead. Suicide, car accidents, plane crashes, suicides to the back of the head, gunshot wounds to the back of the head, whatever. Shot three those times. people, those shot three times, those people have died. You've got sexual scandals with Bill Clinton. You've got possible Russian collusion with Bill Clinton and the Clinton Foundation, embezzlement of money, the Haiti, the Haiti scandal. Uh, recently, you've got the dossier uh, of Clinton, or the dossier associated with Trump. That perpetuates that there's some kind of collusion with Russia that never has been proven to be fact, yet the Democrats won't let it go. Uh, like a crying baby with a rag doll, the Democrats demand that there's Russian collusion, even though we we spent two years, well, there millions of dollars. Collusion. Yeah, there's Russian collusion, but it's there going to point Russian to collusion. the Democrats, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, Clinton Foundation, and Clinton speech. That's your Russian collusion that nobody wants you to hear about. Yeah. And do your own research, and that is where we're at in America today. And I think the American people are wising up to this thing. The fact that people, you know, there's a thousand other podcasts, there's a thousand other other uh, live uh, YouTube, Facebook. Citizen uh, journalists. You no, know, citizen journalists like me and you and everybody out there. Uh, you know, we're just getting started. We're just trying to get our foundation. We're hoping we can get some more viewers. Um, and this is why... This is why there's suddenly the crackdown on YouTube and Oh yeah, because Facebook, these these things are coming out. Because these things are coming out and there's people like us and people like you that are listening to us that are seeing this stuff and they're talking about it. And you can't let people talk about something that contradicts the narrative. Right. And that's what if you're gonna look at if you're gonna look at mainstream media, you're gonna get a spoon-fed dose of what they want you to believe and what they want you to hear. I challenge you. I challenge anybody listening to us. I challenge anybody listening to us to go to your local media, your ABC, your CBS, your NBC. Watch your news in the morning uh, and flip between the channels, and they are all telling you the same story at almost the same time. Time. So ask yourself why. Look at the morning shows. Look at the stand. Yeah. Look at the morning standard morning shows. Good Morning America. Um, uh, what is the one on NBC? Today uh, Show. Today Show. Look at Good Morning CBS America. CBS this morning. Uh, Today Show and CBS this morning, and flip between them every morning, and they're all telling you the exact same stories, almost at the exact same. Almost time. verbatim. And almost There's verbatim. only six corporations 
that own all the media. So if you have a satellite and you have 600 channels, six corporations own those 600 channels. That's unprecedented in this. In unprecedented. This, in this day of communication that we've consolidated our information to these these companies. And there's not much difference between any of them. No. There's and, I, and we're including not, Fox, Fox News Fox and all no that. Only. We, we've talked about it in our, in, our, in our other episodes. Oh, what was the thing I saw from Fox today? A Fox No, the Trump polls. Yeah, the Fox, uh, Fox reported Trump polls. That Trump, that the polls indicate that Trump loses to every. And that's 24. And we went through this, we went through this crap before. Every Democrat candidate. So we're talking about we're talking about Pete Buttigieg's. We're talking about Marianne Williamson that Trump loses to Marianne Williamson. Yeah, get out of here. So there's not a bad Trump candidate. Trump loses to every Democrat, yet yeah, he breaks Elton John's record, record in, New in, in New Hampshire. New Hampshire, a very liberal state. It's this, this this is it's absolutely absurdly. I I don't even know where to, I don't even know how to argue to the point that it infuriates me to think that we have to sit here and argue this fact. I'm confident in 2020. Oh, I'm I confident too, where yeah. we're going. I'm confident that Trump's going to win. I'm going to definitely get out there and campaigning. Uh, I know we're going to take this show in 2020. We're going to take it live. We're going to take it on the road. Uh, we've got our flak jacks. We've got our helmets. We've got our video quarters. We've oh, got yeah. all that stuff. Uh, we're going to take. We're some, going to the Republican. Uh, we're going to we're gonna go to the National Convention. National Convention. I'm sure there's going to be all this Antifa stuff. Uh, you know, uh, just like there was in Portland. We're going to get to that in just a second. But I mean, the, the we're laying the foundation right now uh, with our viewers, our credibility, our our reporting, so that you know, in 2020 when it ramps up, we're going to take the show live. We're gonna we're going to take it live before then. We're going to do some live videos and things like that, some interaction. But we're just building a base, a conversation, you know, trying to get ideals out there so people get to talking, getting people to think independently, and getting people to talk. Uh, so kind of shifting from this democratic, this anti-American uh, democratic party that's that's emerged, this Clinton conspiracy, these these anti-Trump conspiracies. To this unhinged left-wing Antifa that we've got going on, I know the Proud Boys had a prayer rally in Portland, which is, uh, you know, Portland's a pretty democratic, liberal area. So to have it there, you're asking for what you're asking for. You're asking for this response, but at the same time, in America, the response that they're, that, you know, that they're trying to get, that's not the response. That's the American response. I mean, we we watch videos. Of Antifa, and we've we've I've encountered Antifa. You've briefly encountered Antifa, Michael. Um, but you know, in in Portland, we're watching videos of them smashing bus windows with hammers, uh, knocking people unconscious, uh, hitting people with skateboards, uh, jars of mayonnaise, eggs, uh, bats, sticks. You know, items that normal people would not be able to get away with. I mean, if I went down the streets of any city well, right now... this is not a protest. It's not a protest. This is not a protest. We're, we're in a... But when you, know, you physically assault people, when you physically assault harm people, that's not a protest. No, it's not a protest at that point. I mean, that's what we were talking about earlier, watching the videos. We had a discussion. You know, 
me and Michael can be on totally opposite spectrums of the political viewpoint. You know, I could, I could be one way, he could be the other way. But that doesn't give us the right with two differing either half over a differing in viewpoint. You can think that I'm a Nazi or white supremacist or all these other things that doesn't give you the right in America to physically assault someone upside the head with a hammer, a baseball bat, skateboard. Uh, uh, I think they've used socks with uh, locks in them before. I mean, you are causing serious bodily harm, if not the potential yeah. for death. Right. In these yeah. situations, for the what? For the sake of a viewpoint, Antifa has to be at this point labeled a domestic terrorist group, because if you're going to have a if you're going to have a differing a differing political viewpoint, that's fine. That's what makes up this republic this republic slash democracy to have these different viewpoints. But there's, I think meant for it to be in a more of a discussion type setting, not this this violent type setting. And I'm not gonna say that throughout history there wasn't there wasn't a need for violence to get your point across, but I don't think I don't think we're living in a time where it's necessary to have violence in order to get your opinion across. They they've been given this anti Trump rhetoric that Trump's a racist and Trump's this and Trump's that and they've in, they've inflamed these people. They've they've financially back these people to go out and cause chaos and trouble to give you this illusion of a much greater problem that's actually trans transpiring in America and I don't think that's that's taking place. So you've got Antifa out there hitting these people. I mean we've seen videos of small children, you know, teenage kids uh, getting separated from their groups that they were with and they're being assaulted. They're being hammered with items. They're being kicked and punched around. They're being maced. I mean these people are causing serious harm. I mean I can't go around any street macing somebody random like, oh, you got a different viewpoint of me? I'm going to mace you. I'm going to hit you with a hammer. I'm going to hit you with a uh, skateboard upside the head and let you bleed on the side of the road and while the police are standing by and doing nothing about it. And that, that's one of the most frightening things as a law enforcement that I could sit by and watch someone if either side get beat to a point of serious bodily injury and stand there in vigilance upon it and be fine with it. But that's where we are in America today, especially in these liberal cities, these sanctuary cities that are allowing the police to just stand by and let this violence take place. You come to Tennessee and you try that violence, I don't think that's going to stand here no, in Tennessee. No, I don't think so. That's why they're not here. So what is your take on what's going on uh, in Portland? With, with well, Antifa? my take on, and this is the sad thing about, you know, I'm pro-Trump. But at the same time, I won't step back or I won't uh, uh, hold back from calling out Trump on some things that he should be doing or the Trump administration from things that they should be doing. And we've had Trump for two years and all of the Antifa violence and everything that's been going on, especially during the inauguration that Jack experienced and things we saw in Portland and 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 so on. Um, and Trump hasn't stood up or called on the DHS or anything to designate the Antifa as a terrorist organization, which it totally is. Antifa is a terrorist, is a domestic terrorist organization because they use terror and fear and violence to subdue free speech or to subdue a crowd, to subdue... Um, 
protest. Can you could you imagine a Trump rally and the people spilled out onto the streets, the streets armed with baseball bats, uh, skateboards, hammers. which hasn't ever happened. It hasn't ever happened. But those people spill out onto the streets and they just pillage about uh, attacking anybody with a different viewpoint with hammers and skateboards and locks and and socks and, and things like that, causing violence, chasing people down the street, yeah, macing people at will at random for a differing viewpoint, for a different political viewpoint, because the mainstream media has, has flooded the airways with you're a Nazi and you're a racist and you must be dealt with, you must be confronted, you must not live a normal life. These people must be confronted in the streets and in restaurants and their place where they shop and live and work and eat. These are things that sitting congressmen have condoned. Exactly. But I'm not. I'm not sure if I was anti Maxine Waters that uh, you know Maxine Waters would be fine with me following her around everywhere she eat, lived, traveled, and oh, and, there, were, uh, yeah, of course, she and would. and com- constantly harassed her and but threw she's things okay at her, doing that to people, right? And th- threw things at her. I'm not. I'm sure Maxine Waters would have a problem with that. She said, I think Maxine Waters said, don't let them rest. Yeah, don't let them rest. What well, if I don't let, what if I didn't let Maxine Waters if you sleep see, at night? If you see them anywhere, if you see them anywhere in any public, public place, you let them know that they're not welcome here. But when Trump said, go back home or go back where you came from, it was racist. But when Maxine Waters says, go back where you came from or you're not welcome here, it's not racist. All right, I'm not welcome in my own country to have a political viewpoint in my own country. I'm not welcome here. Those are the people that are the Nazis. Yeah. When you can't express your constitutional right to express your free speech and your opinion and your viewpoint on the situation, those people are the Nazis. Those people are the ones that are shutting it down. And if you go back and you compare history of Nazis and the, and the current Democratic Party, you're going to find some very similar parallels that are eerie, eerie to the fact. Oh, yeah. History repeats itself. And we are definitely heading down a, a, a pathway that is troubling for America. I find this very troubling. Um, I, I mean, I can't imagine in any sense that I, I would feel comfortable with myself physically attacking somebody for a different viewpoint. I mean, I'm confident enough that I have, a, I have enough intellectual ability to argue my point intelligibly. Yeah. And I don't think Antifa has that. I think that's well, I don't. Majority. I think they're. I, I think I they're think paid for. Just, I don't think it's just limited to Antifa. I think it's just. I think it's the whole left. The whole left has nothing to argue. The whole left has no, no intellectual argument at all, because their go-to is to call you a racist, or a sexist, or a bigot, or to physically attack you. The whole left, it's not just Antifa, but the whole left has nothing but that. They have no argument against Trump. They have no argument against people like us that even if you take out the Trump factor, you know, that they have no argument against us who have level-headed ideas about where the country is going. Well, I mean... If you look at what Trump's done and you compare it to past presidents, he's done nothing different. Has he been more vocal? 
about a certain issue than most presidents? Has he said it in a more harsh turn tone? Yes, maybe he has. Obama deported people at a much higher rate than his predecessors. And it's been proven that the it's cages, been proven. the cages, the separating family, families, and the cages that everybody went ape crap about during the Trump administration with all this influx of south of the border immigrants, it's been proven that those photos and those cages were built by the Obama administration and Trump is the one that stopped it. So what we what we've got here is a new a new standard in American politics. We no longer have the politics of the past where ideology and debate transpire and uh, the American people decide based on those conversations. There's no more conversations in the political realm of America. It's a power-hungry side that's going to paint the other side as whatever it sees fit in order to regain or sustain its power. And I think the Democrats have taken it to a different level in the fact that they're going to paint Trump as a racist and a bigot and a misogynist and all these trigger words that trigger these thoughts and processes in your mind as a voter in America to hate Trump in a on a level that's never been never been seen before in politics never. despite the fact that Trump has literally done nothing that any previous president has already done but we didn't we didn't get this level of hatred in Bush and we didn't get this level of hatred of Obama and this outrage from the left when Obama did the things that he's done that have carried over to the Trump administration administration that have been you know either carried on or stopped however the case may be. But you didn't see that level of discord previously. It was only when we had an historical upset in the electoral process that Trump was elected over the shoe-in deserving candidate who thought she had power or was going to maintain power or control. Yeah. Didn't get it. And then all of a sudden... That's a, that's a case against white privilege right, right. there. And all of it, yeah, it is a case of white privilege. <laughs> she was the epitome of white privilege. Yeah. She didn't get it. Uh, but, I mean, once she lost the election, the dynamics of the political system in America exploded. They crumbled at the very foundation to the point where now violence and sensationalization, the overcomplexing of the other side, the demonization of the other side is the only way that you can maintain power. Because the Democrats, like Michael said, they don't have an argument. They don't have they an have argument for the economy. They don't have a solution for health care. They've, they've, they've screwed up the economy. They've screwed up health care. They've screwed up formulations. Trump has improved them. Is there room for improvement still? Yes, there is. I think that's, you know, any presidency, there's room for improvement. Trump's not a give-me-all by, by means, and we're not you know, going to sit here and give Trump passes on, on everything because we're not. But the dynamics of politics have changed to the point where now, instead of a substantive argument, argument, we're looking at uh, the demonization of the other side. Well, I mean, what what is the best thing to do? You just accuse your opponent of what you're doing, right? And that's exactly what they're doing. You, what you, you defer what you're doing and put it off yeah, on the other person, and you, you continue say, hey. what you're doing. Yeah, because 
because you painted yourself as the good guy. Yeah. That's the ultimate bad guy. Everybody's focused on what he's oh, yeah. supposedly doing while you're doing the exact thing you're accusing him of doing. Well, that's what, and Russia, that's what, that's what, that's what Russia's all about. Right. I mean, that's what Russia's all about. The, the Clintons and the whole group accused Trump of what they were doing. They were colluding with Russia. They were the ones selling uranium. They were the ones collecting multi hundreds of thousands of dollars in speaking fees from the Russians. They were the ones that were colluding with Russians. They're they the, were the ones in bed with the Russians. They're the ones paying Trump. for the dossier. They were the ones paying for the dossier. Because they weren't confident that crooked Hillary was going to win this election and, and America proved that you know, she otherwise. And that's why this whole uh, Fox poll is appalling. Because polling, and she was a shoe-in, and it was a, not a contest at all with Trump. And now we're hearing from Fox News that 24 of the lamest Democrats we have ever seen in our whole life that are running for president are all polling to beat Trump. That means any 24 of them could beat, even though they have 0.01%. I mean, I mean, you're I looking mean, at you're on. looking at racist, groping Joe. Joe, who is a true old school Democrat racist. A um, fake black, a fake, a black, fake Indian, fake Indian, typical homo, a fake, a uh, fake uh, Mexican, a typical homosexual trying to capitalize on his gayness. Yeah, who lives in, who is the mayor of one of the most criminally corrupt cities in America, uh, all the we way. We talked about it on our last show. right. We talked yeah. about it on our last show, all the way down to uh, Mayor De Blasio, who. Uh, tried to outlaw hot dogs and here he is in, in Iowa at the state fair <laughs> shoving a hot dog in like he's Joey Chestnut at the freaking Nathan's Hot Dog Festival. I mean, that's another show that we get into that these Hollywood elite people like Katy Perry who's now been accused of two times of sexual harassment by a male and a female, these people are going to tell you what's moral and what's immoral, valuable in American society and these people can't even live up to the standards that they're trying to tell you that we should be like oh you should be outraged at sexual harassment and violence but yet the the leader of the Me Too movement sexually harassed a male an underage underage male male. Katy Perry's like oh poor pitiful Me Too's she's sexually harassed a male and a female these people can't stay married for weeks at a time before they're married to three or four different people Miley Cyrus I mean Miley Cyrus is, is uh, getting a divorce, I believe, and and Taylor uh, Swift can't stay in a relationship for three months unless he gets her a new song for for Christ's sake. So these are the people that you're supposed to look at for morals and values and tell you what's right in America. Get out of here! I don't need some Hollywood rich celebrity who's never lived the life that I lived, never experiences the hardships that I've experienced. I don't care what sob story they give you. No. How many trailer park white trash black poor ghetto living, Mexican border crossing people live the American dream and make it big this time in America. You don't make it. You got some not connection. You got you know what else so you've got some connection already. So don't give me this story, Katy Perry, Taylor Swift, and all these people, these celebrities that think they've they've lived this ultimate hardship life and made it through on the I'll face. Just, I'll just say this. Jennifer Hudson's whole family was murdered. 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 Her whole family was <coughs> murdered, and then she hit it big. She hit it big. 
So I don't need these people to tell me what this is American blood sacrifice. Day. This is there is there's such a deep rabbit hole with this whole celebrity thing and blood sacrifice and selling your soul that we will not go into because it sounds crazy. We will go on with this. Yeah, we'll go on this. I mean, I the the, the gist of the argument is we don't need. I don't need. I do not need them either. And I don't think anybody in America, in, in mainstream America, needs. Oh, what was that uh, latest? Don Lemon. Oh, Don Lemon and his CNN. Groping Don him. Lamont. Yeah, he he supposedly was at a restaurant. A man asked to buy him a drink. He refused said drink. Later on down the line, Don Lemon confronts this man. Don Lamont sticks his hand down his pants, gropes his penis for a little bit, and then sticks his hand in the man's face and makes some, like, a lewd remark to him. Uh, so, I mean, here you've got crying Don Lamont on CNN. Lecturing us about, lecturing us about racist and what's wrought racist and what's sad and what's not sad and Trump and blob and blow and cry. And here he is doing the same things he's sitting here telling you about. I, evidence after evidence after evidence says these celebrities, these CNN hosts, these new celebrities, these people are not living by the crap that they're sitting here spewing and trying to get you to. Because their ultimate goal is to brainwash you for the greater power that they serve. Exactly. And they serve a greater power. And it's not the power that me and you and everyday mainstream Americans serve. So, we've touched on a couple of things. Epstein, suicide, question mark. Uh, not a suicide, relocated somewhere else. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. 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 I'm going to say murdered. Michael's going to say relocated. I'm going to say hidden out. Hidden out. Who knows? Only time will tell what happens with this investigation. And, and just, to, just to backtrack a little bit, Mika Brzezinski on MSNBC researched Brzezignu. Zabrignu Brzezinski, her dad. Yeah, go ahead. Google that. Google him. See what you come up with that. Yeah. We'll talk about that on a later show. We'll talk about that on a tell later me, show. Tell me these people have your interest in heart. Tell they me these people are the moral beacons of American society that they claim to be. They are not. So we're going to wrap the show up. Uh, uh, oh, Jeffrey Epstein may be on an island somewhere alive. He may be on his own. He may be on a non-sex island. He may no. Somewhere. He's on a sex island. He's on a sex island. He's he's living the. Sex he may dream. he may have seventy-five virgins. By go, yeah, who knows? By Muhammad standards, 70, <laughs> seventy-five government-sanctioned virgins uh, at the whim of Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna wrap it up. We're gonna turn it over to Michael for the prayer for America uh, for today, and then we're gonna close out the show. Okay, I just want to le- read a Bible scripture to you. Hang on. Uh, Sorry, I didn't get my Bible before we started this. I thought about it, but I just didn't get it. Uh, we're going to go to, uh, I think it is Second Timothy chapter 2. Or maybe it's first. No, it's First Timothy chapter 2. It says here in First Timothy chapter 2, First of all, then, I admonish and urge that petitions and prayers, intercessions and thanksgiving be offered on behalf of all men. For kings, and we can change that in America to relate to um, political officials, congressmen, senators, 
presidents, presidential cabinet, you know, anybody who's in power, local officials, for kings and all who are in positions of authority and high responsibility, that outwardly we pass a quiet and undisturbed life, and inwardly and peaceably, one in all godliness and all reverence and seriousness in every way. For such prayer is good and right, and is pleasing and acceptable to God our Savior, who wishes that all men be saved, and increasingly to perceive and recognize and discern and know precisely and correctly the truth. God wishes all men to know the truth, and that's what we wish too. For there is only one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. So God right here moved on the heart of the Apostle Paul to write this to his protege, Timothy, that he urges him to pray for the kings and all who are in position of authority and power and high responsibility, that they pray for them that they know the truth and that they know that there's only one God and one mediator between God and man and that is Jesus Christ. So that's what we're going to pray tonight. We're going to pray what God through the Apostle Paul instructed us to pray. So Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we come to you with all the authority and the power that you've given us in the name of Jesus and in the power of our salvation through the one mediator, Jesus Christ. And we approach you and we say the words that the Apostle Paul said, that we pray for all men with thanksgiving and intercession and prayer. All men in the world and all men in the United States and the kings and those who are in positions of authority and high responsibility, high responsibility that they know the truth that they perceive and understand and know the truth beyond anything else. We pray for the FBI, the CIA. We pray for, for the White House right now in the name of Jesus. We pray, pray for President Trump because he is in the position of the highest authority in this land. And we pray that he perceives and knows the truth. First of all, that Jesus Christ is the only mediator between God and man. We pray that, that he is saved, that he is born again, but we also pray that he perceives and knows the truth about what's going on in the nation and in the world. And he exposes that truth. And we see the truth that he's already exposed. We see the truth about the corruption and the swamp and everything that he's already exposed and rooted out. And we say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for Trump and his power and his ability and his administration that he has exposed this. He's exposed the Democrat Party. He's exposed the Republican Party in this nation. Their corruption and their deep state dealings that they've had. We thank you for that right now in the name of Jesus. And we pray right now that more truth comes out. We pray for Jeffrey Epstein and this whole situation that the truth comes out in the name of Jesus. However subtle. But we also pray for an army. 
We pray for an army of people who know and see the truth who are awake to rise up, not in violence, not like Antifa, but in truth, in truth and word and deed only, that we stand up and protest, that we're like the founding fathers and the revolutionary army of this country, and we rise up in power and ability and strength and truth, and we fight against this power. This is the land of the pursuit of happiness in the name of Jesus. And we know that this land was founded on religious freedom and the ability for all men to pursue happiness. And we ask for that. We just ask for freedom in the name of Jesus. And we ask for for strength in the Trump administration. We ask for strength in the Senate. We ask for strength in the Congress. Let the patriots that are in Congress rise up against the majority and not let the majority rule. Not in violence, but in strength of argument, in the strength of the truth, because the truth will prevail. And we just establish that right now in the name of Jesus, that the truth in this country will prevail. And we thank you for our freedom. We thank you for our voice. We thank you for our amendments and our rights in this great United States. And we declare right now that this is one nation under God, indivisible, for liberty and justice for all. Amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we are fastly approaching the 2020 election. And again, we're up against a force of, I'm going to say, evil that wants socialism and complete control of your life and the dictation of where your life goes and how you live your life. Trump may not be the complete answer, but he is a buffer and he is a choice that we can change the direction of where we go and that he can bring forth a series of leaderships and governmental uh, uh, servants that will take us down a different pathway from what the Democrat Party of today wants to take us down and that is a that is a pathway of absolute and utter control of your daily life that's a decision factor that the government controlling your health care the government controlling what job you have the government controlling what car you have the government controlling what type of house or community or your city and your education and schools that your kids go to and that's what we're facing right now and if you don't wake up and you don't look for yourself and you don't think for yourself and you don't come to a conclusion that you can make a difference that your vote does matter and that your opinion matters and your voice can be heard loud and clear across mountaintops and across valleys and across deserts of this great land. This is a time for you to be vocal. This is not a time for you to sit there and sit. This is just the way it's got to be. This is just the status quo. I have no say. I have no bearing. I have no control. I have no influence in this political system. When you have absolute control, you have absolute choice, and you have absolute set of guidelines and, and, and set of values that are desperately there to fight for. We're in, a, we're in a time where a Democratic Party says it's okay to kill born 
birth fetuses in in the United States. I've never heard no, of. They're not fetuses. They are babies, they're babies. Human beings. Babies. That there's a time that the, that a, a national political party says it's okay to kill another human being because it's unwanted, it's unnecessary, it's a mistake, it's not a, it's 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 not a creation of, of God or whatever. But these are people, these are people that have taken, they've taken the power that they've been given, they've taken the power that they've seized, and they've taken the, they've taken the microphones that they've been given, and they've taken the outlets that they've been given, and they've been telling you. That they're taking you down a pathway that we're not ever going to come back. It's going to be the destruction of the United States of America. It's going to be the destructions of our life as we know. And it's not going to be, uh, and we're not going to get up in the morning. And it's not going to be a, a nice rosy sunset, uh, sun, uh, sunrise and a sunset. It's not going to be the whispering wind between our our our, our hair and our, on our skin. It's not going to be the warmth of that sunshine. It's going to be the cold, cruel reality and control of a power powerful government of evil that's going to take over our lives and this is where we're at right now in america if we don't sit up and we don't stand up and we don't be vocal and we don't let our voices be heard then you are going to sit there in silence and be taken over by a deafening roar of evil so this is our time and i will say this silence is consent silence is absolute consent and I'm not saying you got to agree with us, but violence is not the answer, and I'm never going to condone violence at this point in, in American history. I don't think we're at that level. I don't think we're at that. If we sit here and with our, our, our hands on our laps yep. and absolutely do nothing, a clear choice, and Trump's not going to be uh, the, the, the shiny, polished beacon that we all have been told that we need in a politician, especially a president, but I'm telling you, it's what we've got to set America down the righteous path of where we could be headed, and that's complete and utter control of our lives, and that's not what we want. So that's it for another uh, edition of Project 45. Uh, be sure to follow. Uh, you can email us at project45mega at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your thoughts and suggestions on the show. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook.com slash Project45Mega. And you can tweet us at TheProject underscore 45 on Twitter. Uh, again, we hope that you enjoyed the show. This show is dedicated to our dog, Ruby Lee. Ruby Lee. Uh, a hound about town, an all-around character, uh, a lawyer, author, traveler, historian, you name it. Lounge singer. She's a lounge singer. Everything she's done, she was a, a, a sweetheart to the very de the very last day, and we we dearly miss her. And this show is dedicated for her. Uh, we missed last week because of her passing, but uh, Ruby, we definitely miss you. And uh, you know, we know you're we know you're enjoying that great beyond over the Rainbow Bridge. Uh, I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Michael. And this has been Project 45's podcast.